0: weight loss surgery and kids part one. This is the weight and healthcare newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. This series is part of the work I'm doing with the weight inclusive nutrition and dietetics or wind group to create a comprehensive response to the disastrous American Academy of Pediatric Guidelines for higher weight children. I'm part of a team that is analyzing the research that the AAP claims supports their recommendations, and I'll be publishing my breakdowns here as well. Today's study is laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy in children younger than 14 years, refuting the concerns by Alcatani et al. In terms of general observations, while the AAP guideline authors cite this study to back up their recommendations of children as young as 13. They don't mention that it refutes all their behavioral weight loss intervention recommendations, saying, quote, there is no effective solution for treating, quote, obesity and its associated comorbidities in children. Non-surgical weight management and SWM programs achieve modest weight loss results at best, end quote. The authors declare no conflicts of interest. However, the lead author has significant personal investment and profit potential in the recommendations of this study. He is the CEO and owner of Innovative Care Co. New You Medical Center, Riyadh KSA, a weight loss company. A professor and consultant of minimally invasive and, quote, obesity surgery at College of Medicine, King Saud University and King Khalid University Hospital in Riyadh. He is the chair of the membership committee, of the Saudi and Arabian Society of Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery. The director and, quote, obesity chair at King Saud University the founder and supervisor of King Saud University's multidisciplinary, quote, obesity clinic, a former director of the bariatric surgery program at King Fahad Medical City, past president of Pan-Arab Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery, immediate past president for the International Pediatric Endosurgery Group, and founder and past president of the Middle East Chapter of International Pediatric Endosurgery Group. Mohammed el has based his career on this paradigm as the, quote, obesity chair of King Saud University. Awad Al-Khattani has based his career on these surgeries. Note, I'll be giving quotes from this study, and they do contain weight stigma and may be triggering, so please do take care of yourself. In the introduction, they write, The results of weight loss surgery in children and adolescents are still scarce, despite recent studies suggesting favorable short and intermediate long-term outcomes that are comparable to those in adults. First, as this surgery creates a lifelong disease state, long-term outcomes are incredibly important, and their seeming lack of care about them concerns me greatly. Here are the studies that they cite to support this claim. The first, laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy in adult and pediatric, quote, obese patients, is by the same authors. It offers only 24 months of follow-up and found complications in 6% of 108 pediatric patients defined as age 21 years or younger. The next study, laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy in 108, quote, obese children and adolescents aged 5 to 21 years old, is by the same authors. 10% of the patients failed to achieve weight loss even in the short term. They report no adverse effects, but the vast majority of the study population was lost to follow-up. They started with 108. They had 88 at 3 months, 76 at 6 months, 41 at 12 months, and only 8 at 24 months. The next study they cite, Bariatric Surgery in Monogenic and Syndromic Forms of, quote, Obesity 2014, is by the same authors. This study's introduction also refutes the AAP's other recommendations, saying, quote, in all forms of, quote, obesity, dieting, and physical activity do not result in significant weight loss and is associated with a high rate of weight regain, end quote. This study looks specifically at the small population of children with, quote, monogenic, quote, obesity, i.e., Their body size is due to mutation or deficiency of a single gene, and syndromic, a term used to describe higher-weight children and adults with cognitive delay, dysmorphic features, organ-specific abnormalities, hyperphagia, and or other signs of hypothalamic dysfunction. It may be inherited in either an autosomal or an X-linked pattern and can be caused by de novo genetic mutation. This isn't extrapolatable to a typical pediatric population, and again, this study also repeatedly cites their own research and offers no long-term follow-up information. The next study they cite, quote, comorbidity resolution in morbidly, quote, obese children and adolescents undergoing sleeve gastrectomy, is by the same authors. This study had 226 total subjects, 37 of whom were 18 and older. They included three years of follow-up, but lost a significant number of subjects, 4.2% in year one, 7.6% in year two, and 15.3% in year three. About two-thirds of health improvements occurred in the first three months when patients had lost almost no weight, and health improvements stopped after two years. They claim, quote, few complications, but they only assessed major complications of leak, Pulmonary embolism, bleeding, reoperation, and mortality, and minor complications of readmission, pneumonia, wound infection, nausea, and vomiting, and gastroesophageal reflux. This is far from a full list of complications, and notably absent here are issues of malnutrition, especially micronutrient deficiencies and hypoglycemia, which are well known side effects in adults. There is also no data on psychological impacts and issues with disordered eating and eating disorders. In terms of the methods of this study, Patients who underwent surgery were matched with patients in the non-surgical weight management program at the same hospital to compare weight loss, complications, comorbidities, growth, and metabolic changes. It should be noted that these are both intervention groups, and there is no control group of patients who were not subjected to any intentional weight loss methodologies, nor was there any intervention group who were provided with weight-neutral health-supporting interventions, and thus the only conclusions that can be drawn are comparing these surgeries to interventions that the authors themselves admit are typically unsuccessful. For their weight change assessment, they chose to use the International, quote, obesity task force cutoffs rather than the World Health Organization. While there is a general agreement between the two, the choice to highlight the work of a trade group comprised of and funded by those with a profit interest in these surgeries rather than, for example, the WHO definition, which, while driven by a similar organization, at least gives some measure of propriety, should be noted. In terms of preoperative characteristics, 116 were children who were 14 and younger. 158 were adolescents, age 14.01 to 21 years. A one-to-one control, and again, note there is no true, true control group. The control here is just a different intervention group of patients on non-surgical weight management was drawn from the cohort and matched for age, sex, and height Z scores at baseline. 19, 6.9% of patients were in the group 5 to 8.99 years. 56, or 20.4%, were in the age range 9 to 12.99 years, 115, or 42%, were in the age group 13 to 16.99, and 84, or 30.7, were between 17 and 21 years of age, respectively. Note that this study, by its own title, seeks to refute concerns in populations 14 and younger, and only 42% of those in this study actually met that criterion. In terms of post-operative growth and height change, they offer only five years of follow-up, which does not account for the full growth stage, especially for younger adolescents. Further, they were comparing the growth and height change of kids who had surgery to those who underwent a program including food restriction and exercise, which may also have impacted growth and height. They did not compare them to a control group who were not subjected to weight loss attempts. In their discussion, they write, quote, Bariatric surgery remains the most effective solution for morbid, quote, obesity with an estimated worldwide increase exceeding 240% between 2003 and 2011, end quote. This ignores the near total lack of data after 10 years and the severe paucity of even mid-range data, as well as the failure of follow-up in existing studies to attempt to capture physical and psychological adverse events and outcomes, as well as a lack of comparison to weight-neutral interventions. They write, quote, children are not provided access to bariatric surgery because of concerns related to safety, efficacy, and impact on growth, end quote. Their paper fails to fully alleviate even the concerns that they investigate, beyond which they are ignoring concerns that they fail to address around the possible long-term adverse outcomes of creating a lifelong disease state in a child, creating forced restriction, including long-term issues with malnutrition, as well as the psychological impact of forcing observable, atypical eating on a child, and the development of eating disorders, made more difficult to determine as this surgery purposefully creates many of the symptoms of disordered eating and eating disorders. Next, they write, quote, some of these concerns may be valid. However, none have been proven by evidence to date, whereas the comorbidities suffered by, quote, obese children in this age group continue to rise at an alarming rate, End quote. A lack of data does not justify a radical surgery on a child. Further, this fails to include that these, quote, comorbidities have treatments that are better researched and far less invasive and risky than surgery, including weight-neutral health-supporting options, medications, and other non-surgical management. In populations of higher weight youth, the discussion of these conditions as, quote, comorbidities is part of a focus on treating the child's size first rather than addressing any symptomology and ignores the fact that these comorbidities may be the result of weight loss interventions and ensuing weight cycling, as well as the experiences of weight stigma among higher weight kids. Next, they write, quote, Experience with bariatric surgery in other age groups has been successful. In adolescents, reports have confirmed that it results in safe and significant weight loss and improvement in major comorbidities. End quote. In the studies they cite to support this, the first is laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy in 108 quote, obese children and adolescents, which you remember, same authors, same 108 pediatric patients defined as ages 5 through 21 years old. of these patients, again, failed to achieve weight loss even in the short term. And again, while they report no adverse effects, they lost the vast majority of the study population to follow-up. Next, they cite comorbidity resolution to morbidly, quote, obese children and adolescents. Again, same authors. This study had 226 total subjects, but 37 were 18 and older. They only include three years of follow-up and, again, lost a significant number of subjects during that follow-up. Also, three years, which is what they studied, is still considered within the, quote, honeymoon period in adult populations. The next study they cite, laparoscopic adjustable gastric banding in adolescents' safety and efficacy, is by one of the same authors. And it looks at gastric banding, which the AAP guidelines explain has fallen out of favor due to limited efficacy and high complication rates. Next, they write, There are numerous concerns pertaining to the use of medications in treating, quote, obesity-associated comorbidities suffered by children. For instance, there are increased risks of toxicity and reduced therapeutic effect because of the limited understanding of drug pharmacokinetics in, quote, obese children. Furthermore, the significant drug noncompliance observed in pediatric patients leads to dosing errors and omissions, improper intervals, and premature discontinuation, and strategies to improve pediatric compliance to medication did not lead to significant results, end quote. Here again, the study cited by the authors of the AAP guidelines contravenes their own recommendations for pharmacotherapy in pediatric patients. Also, these surgeries require significant compliance in terms of amount and type of food eaten and nutritional supplements, and unlike with weight loss drugs, lack of compliance can be health and life-threatening. So the same legitimate criticisms by which the authors dismiss pharmacotherapy for children are also an indictment against the surgeries they recommend. They next write, The speculation that LSG might cause neurocognitive impairments in quote obese children is a concern that warrants further evaluation. It is concerning that this was not reason enough for the authors and the AAP to delay a wide-scale recommendation of these surgeries to children. Next they write, Given the aforestated evidence and the potentially life-threatening comorbidities that may reach poorly reversible stages, we believe that postponing bariatric surgery does not favor children's health and may endanger their lives, end quote. Note here the use of potentially and the repeated use of may, as well as the total lack of long-term outcome data and the ignored existence of far less risky interventions for these comorbidities. In order to recommend a surgery that takes a child's healthy, perfectly functioning digestive system and surgically creates a lifelong disease state. In fact, if this state happens to a child because of injury or disease, it is considered a tragedy. For higher weight children, they're trying to call it health care. In their conclusion, they write, this study answers most of the current concerns related to the efficacy and effect of LSG on children younger than 14 years. It demonstrates that growth is, in fact, improved following LSG, weight loss is significant and sustained, and comorbidities are resolved, end quote. This is a Gross overstatement of their findings. It should also be noted that they failed to include a limitation section, which should include, at the very least, the very small sample size, the relatively short follow up of five years, and the massive loss during the follow up period, the failure to have a control group or a weight neutral interventions group, the failure to capture physical and psychological adverse events. This study in no way supports a recommendation of weight loss for children. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and get special benefits. Go to weightinhealthcare.com and click subscribe.